I had sketched out in my notebook the outline for the, uh, the shape of today's homily, but of course, I left it at home, so this is God's way of telling me that what I was going to preach and what God wants me to preach are obviously two very different things. Keeping with uh, something that I've been talking about in the past few Sundays um, around stewardship and about a poetic understanding of how we look at creation, I'm going to open today's homily with a poem from George Herbert, an Anglican priest and poet from the 18th century. His poem was entitled, Bittersweet. Ah, my dear angry Lord, since thou dost love yet strike, cast down yet help afford, sure I will do the like. I will complain yet praise, I will bewail, approve, and all my sour, sweet days I will lament and love. It becomes pretty clear what George Herbert was trying to do with this poem to show kind of that paradox of human life as it exists in the living in the shadow of death, the sweet and the bitter, the joyful and the sorrowful, and how much of our lives are lived within this tension. We may go from one pole to the other and experience the high heights or the low lows, but our lives are lived in this tension between the bitter and the sweet, the joyful and the sorrowful. And nowhere is this more clear than in the celebration of the church in what we are doing here today, All Souls Sunday, also known as All Souls, is also known as the commemoration of the faithful departed. And the faithful departed know no limits in terms of age or status in life. They go from the young to the aged. But the thing that we are reminded of at All Souls is that the dead belong to God. And because the dead belong to God, the dead belong to the church. And it is the church's responsibility, insofar as it lies within our power, to steward the life and the death of the faithful departed. You may be thinking that's an odd way to frame how we understand our relationship to the dead. After all, we bury them and we get on with our lives, right? No, of course not. We know that in our own experience of the people that we've loved and lost. That even after we've said goodbye to their earthly remains, the sting and the pain and the reality of death follow us all the days of our life. And sometimes that sting is more real than others, but that sting is still there. So why would I say that it is the responsibility of the church to curate, to steward the dead? Well, it's because, as I said, the dead belong to God and therefore they belong to us. So what does it mean that to say that the dead belong to the church? Well, look at it this way. So often in our very secularized world, care for the dead happens even often before a person is actually dead. A person goes into a form of care or, what, or, or something tragic happens and we don't even get to see the body. We might not even see the body until a funeral, and at the funeral it may be a fleeting glimpse before the casket is closed or before the cremation occurs and our loved one is gone, 
It's very neat. It's very tidy. It keeps death at a distance. It keeps it at bay. At least the physical aspects of death. But we are still left with those spiritual, emotional hurts and hungerings for the presence of our loved ones who have gone. Our secular world, we dispose of the bodies in a cemetery and we tell ourselves we will make good on promises that we will visit the gravesite regularly and that we will keep up the memory of our loved ones. And that may last for a while, but after a while, the busyness of life takes over and other things seem to get in the way. If that's all we're leaving behind is a body, then really it doesn't make any sense, does it, to really spend any kind of elaborate time and energy and resources on visiting a place that's just full of dead bodies, like a cemetery or a columbarium. That's a very secular way of looking at it. Because our understanding in the church is we celebrate All Souls Day. There's more to the human, uh, to the human being than just a mere body. We are body and soul, inextricably put together, interwoven. Death is the, is the rending of that uh, unity of soul and body. But because as Christians we believe in the soul and its immortality, we have an obligation to care for and steward the dead. Indeed, all of our rituals around the dead, even the secularized versions of them, grow out of, in our Western culture, grow out of our Christian understanding of caring for bodies. That we care for bodies because they are given to us by God. These bodies, as fragile as they are, that so easily break, we care for them because they are a gift from God. But there's more to it than just that. We are souls as well as bodies. The soul is the form of the body and the body is the form of the soul. They, are go, they go together because God has breathed his life into all that is. And God has breathed his life into humans in a very special way, filling us with his image. And that's why the dead belong to the church. Because it is us who have the responsibility, joined with all the saints and angels in heaven, to pray for the repose of those who have gone before us. It's not that our prayers affect the thing that we want. It's not that we are convincing God to do the thing that God will do, which is to care for the dead. But it's a reminder for us that the dead are in the hands of God and we are commending them and ourselves into the care of this God. This is why so many churches have cemeteries attached to them. Why memorial items are so important why lists commemorating the dead like we have in the war memorial plaques in the back are so important to the life of the church. They're not just names. They're not just bodies. They are souls and bodies. They are beloved children of God. And the church has an obligation to steward this understanding that in through life and death, that we are beloved children of God who are more than just mere bodies, but we are souls, enlivened and enkindled with the very Spirit of God. 
It's a very human thing to remember, to mourn, to grieve. Absolutely. But Christians do this in a very different way than the way of the world that sees things merely as physical. We see things through the light and the love of God, through Jesus Christ, who himself defeated death. We just profess in the Nicene Creed we believe in the resurrection from the dead. We are, of course, proclaiming the resurrection of Jesus' body from the dead. Stained glass memorialized there. The women have shown up to the tomb and the angel says he's not here. His body is gone. What you are expecting to be here is not here. When we bury the dead, we expect the dead to remain there. And this is the impossibility of the resurrection. We believe it not because it's possible. We believe it because it is impossible. Because only a God, only the God could do that. And that's a God who says no to death. Because this is the God who speaks the yes of life into existence. The God who speaks all of us into existence. The God through the resurrection of his son who says, I will not allow the beauty and goodness of my creation, of my beloved creatures, to fall into nothingness. So when we profess our belief in the resurrection of the dead, we are professing our belief in the resurrection of all those who have died, of ourselves when we will die. That resurrection is not just a resurrection of the body, but it's a resurrection of the body being reunited and re-knit to our souls, into the whole goodness of what God has created us to be. So you see why it's so important for the church to commemorate the faithful departed, to pray for our dead, because in praying for them, we are praying for ourselves, and we are reminding ourselves that even though as we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we walk with the God who has walked this very valley himself and who has come out the other side and promises that he will never leave us or forsake us. I end with another poem, this time a poem by Malcolm Guit, who is a Anglican uh, poet. He's alive and well today, and he, he, writes, and, uh, he writes poetry, and he serves as a priest in the Church of England. And this is his poem for All Saints' Day. Though Satan breaks our dark glass into shards, each, each shard sh still shines with Christ's reflected light. It glances from the eyes, kindles the words of all his unknown saints. The dark is bright with quiet lives and steady lights undimmed. The witness of the ones we shunned and shamed, plain in our sight and far beyond our seeing, he weaves them with us in the web of being. They, say, they stand beside us even as we grieve, the lone and left behind whom no one claimed, unnumbered multitudes he lifts above the shadow of the gibbet and the grave, the triumph where all saints are known and named, the gathered glories of his wounded love.